We always think when we're young, oh, that'll never happen to me. The proverbial, I'll just flit through life, almost like a, a magpie. Ooh, something shiny. I think I'll <laughs> chase after that for a while. And that's what I felt when I look back, it feels as though my life was like a magpie. You are listening to podcast number 47 at practicalhomeopathy.com with Joette Calabrese. In today's podcast, Joette takes a look back at her life as a mother and homeopath. She will share with us the wisdom that she has gained from her many years of experience. If you're like me, you love to learn and would love to sit with Joette for just 30 minutes and pick her brain. Well, we will do just that. So grab a pen and some paper and let's hear from Joette. and I'm here with Joette today. I was thinking to myself, what would I ask Joette if I had the opportunity to sit down and just chat with her for say half an hour, an hour, what pressing question or how would I narrow it down to one burning question? And Joette, this is what I came up with. Looking back now with all of your experience with homeopathy and your family, your life's experience, what would you tell your younger self? Um, I think I would say stop it. Just stop that. (laughs) Stop acting like that way, like that. Stop thinking that way. Really, if I could, oh, if I could just undo my mistakes. I made so many stupid mistakes. So if I could get myself, I would shake her and I I would tell her to, I would slap her across the (laughs) face. And say, get a grip, girl. It's not about this or that. It's about this. And so what is this? This is that everything we do is meaningful. I don't want to put a guilt trip on everyone, but, you know, we've all made mistakes. But everything we do has meaning. And not only does it have meaning for us, but it has meaning and rippling effects into the world around us. Our parents are affected by our behavior. Our children are affected by our decisions, our grandchildren, even our great-grandchildren. I mean, my grandparents came to this country from Sicily. That decision, both sides, that decision that they both made has rippled through hundreds of people's lives, hundreds, because they had large families on both sides. Now their children, who were my parents and their grandchildren, and now great-grandchildren. So think about that one decision to leave a horrible place such as Sicily, it was horrible for them, uh, grinding poverty, a heavy government hand on them in, in addition to the grind. Well, that's the reason that was grinding poverty as far as I'm concerned. And they decided to come as young adults and make a whole new life. My goodness, what a difference it made in so many people's lives. So we think that every day when we think of doing this or that, We think it has no consequence. Everything we do has a consequence. Everything goes out there, good or bad, whether it's called a consequence or an advantage. So I wish I had been more mindful of that. I wish I'd had more wisdom. Of course, wisdom doesn't come with youth. It comes with age. And we always think when we're young, oh, that'll never happen to me. Uh, The proverbial, uh, I'll just, you know, I'll just flit through life almost like a a magpie. Ooh, something shiny. I think I'll... (laughs) chase after that for a while. And that's what I felt when I look back, it feels as though my life was like a magpie. I was too influenced by shiny objects. And I don't mean literally, although I liked jewelry too, but I mean, I was too influenced by 
the first thing that came to my mind or the first thing that came before me. So that's what youth is. It's a misguided understanding of what's important. The hierarchies of importance are not there. And parents tell the children, but we don't listen. I didn't. I didn't listen. I made a lot of really stupid mistakes. So that's one thing. I guess I would say stop spending. Stop spending money. Stop spending your good health. Because it may not always be there. And we want to save for that rainy day because it's inevitable. Life, you know, has its twists and turns. So what does that mean exactly to you, Joette, when you say stop spending your good health? What does that mean? Well, when I was a a young woman, everyone smoked cigarettes. So that was really foolish of me. And we drank alcohol. I would never say that I went into an alcoholic binging. I never was. I wasn't like that. But um, that's part of it. And not worrying about eating properly. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that the youth should be worried about eating the proper foods. But there should be a baseline that preparing your own meals is a very important part of being an adult. And eating foods that are made from scratch as much as possible. Also, when you have a cold or a flu, you don't run to the doctor and get a drug. I mean, I used to get urinary tract infections here and there, and I would just take an antibiotic, never give it a thought. Why would I put anything in my body without knowing what the consequences might be? That's spending your health without realizing. And to this day, I still am amazed at how many people I meet with. And again, I am not slapping people on the back of the hand because many folks have just not thought about this. And so here's an opportunity for us to discuss it. But I'm surprised at how many people take drugs and have several conditions. And we look up the drug and look up the side effects and there's the condition that they have. Wow. The secondary condition or the tertiary condition. And I said, did you know that the drug that you've been taking for 10 years has been known to cause the condition that you are now suffering from for the last five years? I think you mentioned that with inhalers for asthma, right? Yes. What's the medication that's commonly used? Steroids, certainly. Steroid inhalers. I remember you saying that about steroid inhalers, that they can actually cause asthma. And that's what doctors prescribe for asthma. Yes. It's uncanny how drugs cause such trouble, but people don't think twice about it. They just believe what they're told and accept it. And um, there should come a time in all of our lives when we say, enough. That's enough. I now have to do my homework. And in today's world, with the access to information that we have, there really is almost no excuse for not looking up what the side effects of drugs are. I would never expect someone to read all the side effects because that's longer than a Russian novel. <laughs> and, you, and you know how you can't pronounce those Russian names, you know, in uh, War and Peace, that's sort of the same idea. You can't pronounce those words. <laughs> you'll, you'll never get through it all. So instead, you look up online, does this condition that I have, is it caused by that drug? Or does this drug cause this condition? Mm. Any condition you might have. You might have asthma, but my hair is falling out for goodness sakes. Is alopecia the result of taking this inhaler? Find out. But I also caution you that now the industry is smart enough to have picked up on this. And the first page, they will give you a lead to saying that indeed it can cause asthma. And you open it up and then there's nothing. 
I mean, there's information, but it has nothing to do with the title of the, of the lead of the article. And they expect people just to give up after page one, two, or three. So you have to dig further. You've got to keep looking. Or I got an idea. How about asking the pharmacist? He's the guy who knows. <laughs> the doctors don't know. Doctors do not. Excuse me. I know this is a blanket sweeping statement. Doctors do not know their medicines like they should. The medicines change too quickly. Right. How can they know everything about every medicine? Well, not only that, but the last medicine that they've been using for the, you know, Tylenol, whatever it might be, was just yanked from the market. Now they've got a new one to replace it. And their drug rep comes in in the tall three inch stiletto heels and a short skirt bearing donuts and chicken wings and showing him the new drug that replaces that old drug. So as long as people understand, it's not that the doctors are bad guys. It's that they couldn't possibly keep up. It's up to you to keep up. So if I could speak to my younger self, I would say, hello, it's your life, not the doctor's life, not your parents' life. It's your life. And so what we put into it is what we get out of it. You don't get to this point in learning about health as I have learned. You don't get here at once, you get here at last. So when someone you love, an aunt or a cousin or something, who comes to you and says, you know, I'm really sick, I've got this, this, and this, and you're trying to direct them, especially in severe illnesses like cancer or something, and you want them to learn about homeopathy, find a doctor who treats a cancer with homeopathy, etc. The path that you have been following is your path. Their path is brand new. Suddenly, bam! Now they've got this terrible diagnosis. You can't expect them to shorten it and tighten it up to suit your time schedule. Because as I said, you don't get here at once. You get here at last. It takes a long time to get to the point where you say, okay, I don't like that drug. I don't like what that did to me. Or you know what? It's not really working. Or it might be working on this, but it's causing that. And you do it again and again and again. And after a while, we get slapped upside the head by the drug and we realize this was a mistake. That's how we come to this. No one comes to homeopathy at first glance. They don't, they're not born and then suddenly say, okay, mom, here's the deal. I want homeopathy. It doesn't, you have to suffer. You have to suffer at the hand of drugs and ill treatment through certain conventional medical methods. So you would say to your younger self, maybe make informed choices. Don't just trust someone else with the decisions that affect your life. Really do your research, your homework, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like getting a mortgage. I mean, do you just go to the bank and they say, okay, the rate is 12%. You say, okay, I'll pay 12% over 30 years, sure. And there are five points, okay. And then five years later, you find out 12%? What are you doing? This is 2018. It should have been 3% with no points. Whoops. Didn't do your homework. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not going to happen in a free market, generally speaking. They know they're not going to get away with 12% if it's 3%. But I'm being a little facetious in the exaggeration. But what if they charge 3.5% when you could have gotten 3%? That would make a huge difference in your lifestyle. So think of this as buying a house. How about buying a car? At least, if nothing else, when it comes to your health, kick the tires. <laughs> <laughs> Hold still, Doc. 
Let me see what shakes out. <laughs> I mean, at least go to the blue book. Check out the value, for goodness sakes. Yeah. You know, if you don't do that, then unfortunately, we end up on this long trail of drug after drug after drug after procedure after drug. And it's a freight train. It's a freight train. Once you step on, it will zoom you away. You will be so caught up in the world of drug after drug. You know, I had an aunt who was not that sickly, but she had a urination problem. And it was uh, really becoming bothersome. She was in her early 80s when this was happening. And she went to the doctor and she got a drug. And then that caused trouble with her throat and her eyes. They got very dry. And then she would cough. She'd go into coughing fits and her eyes would burn and hurt. felt like sand in her eyes. And then she went back and got another drug for that and a drug after that. And I finally said, why are you going to the doctor for this? Why don't you be more hands-on here? Let's figure out why you're urinating so frequently. Well, I knew why she was urinating so frequently. She was drinking, and I know you're not going to believe this. I've talked about this before. She made a big coffee pot of coffee every day, and the coffee pot held 20 cups. She drank all but two every day. Oh, she wow. drank 18 cups of coffee daily. <laughs> I said, Aunt Mary, that might have something to do with your kidneys, your bladder, your ureter, your urethra. I think you need to back off of that coffee. That's what's causing the trouble. Now, why did that urologist not tell her that? Why didn't he say, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? I knew that. I'm not a doctor. And this was long ago. How come I knew that? Because it's common sense. Mm. It's just common sense. It draws out the fluids from the body. That's why when people drink coffee, they often have a bowel movement shortly after, besides the stimulation of it. But it's a diuretic. Mm -hmm. So this diuretic was playing on her body for all these years, causing urination trouble. Instead of saying, let's just be logical. No, he said, here, take this drug and then take this one for that and that one for this. And her answer was, yeah, but Joe, it's free. I don't have to pay for this. I said, Aunt Mary, that's why you shouldn't go. <laughs> right. Because it's free. Because if you have no skin in the game, so to speak, if you're not paying for this information, you're not going to really value it as much as you ought to. You need to do your homework. That's not a good reason to go to a doctor because it's free. In fact, it's the worst. So did she stop drinking the coffee? And the yes, she did. She did. And then she started to get terrible headaches. And of course, her first thought was to go to the doctor <laughs> and get a pain reliever. But instead, I gave her coffee and Nux Vomica, and it helped with the headaches a mm -hmm. great deal. And so finally, she, she didn't stop coffee completely, but she stopped it enough. I believe she went down to about five cups a day. Now, let me also explain this. And she was 4'11 and probably weighed 100 pounds soaking wet. So it amazes me that she was even able to get that much down. But 18 <laughs> cups of coffee and a 4'11 person is pretty yeah. uh, intense. Okay, so let's talk now about looking back at your younger self when you started getting into homeopathy and you were on the right track away from the medications. What advice would you give yourself? about how to go about healing your family using homeopathy now with the information that you have? Well, I wish I had had the Banerjee protocols back then, and I was craving them. I wanted protocols. 
On the other hand, having studied classical homeopathy to the degree that I did, and I spent years studying it, um, it was very beneficial. So from the time that I learned homeopathy, I would say I did it right. I'll be honest with you, I think it did it right. Um, if I had had the Banerjee protocols, I would have still studied classical homeopathy because it's so valuable as an underpinnings for someone who eventually goes into practice mm -hmm. or starts writing or teaching. But for a mom who has no intention of doing that, these practical applications of homeopathy are so golden that someone could easily skip right over classical and get right to the meat of the problem. If your intention is not to go into practice. Or right. So if you're planning on going into practice or teaching, then you really ought to have classical background mm -hmm. because this is all based on classical. So what about purchasing remedies? I know you often say purchase as much as you can, as often as you can, stock up. So looking back, would you have anything to say to your younger self about the remedies, about getting remedies? I can just say that whenever I could afford more, I bought more. Uh, but I did do this. Mother's Day, birthdays, Christmas. I asked for homeopathy, homeopathy books, homeopathy classes, remedies, homeopathy kits. My focus was homeopathy, 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 because it was the essence of how I was raising my family and mm -hmm. treating my husband and my parents and our livestock and our pets. So I couldn't get enough. I still can't get enough. I still go to India every year. This year I'm not going because of some family losses that we've had and my family needs me here, but it's something that it will never disappear in my life. I must always keep learning. We must do that, all of us. Okay, so here's another question. If you could only take one book with you, <laughs> what book would you take with you? What homeopathic book? Oh, homeopathic book, because I would say the Bible would be first, to be honest, because okay. there's all the wisdom. Mm -hmm. So, okay, aside from something that would protect me spiritually, um, one book. Well, when I was younger, it would have been my repertory, the synthesis. Yeah, I would, I would take the synthesis. So when you say the synthesis, is that the name of a repertory? Is it an yeah. author? Yeah, it is the name of the, of the repertory. Oh, okay. Um, as I matured in my homeopathic knowledge, it would probably be my notebook, the, the notes that I've kept for years. Yes, I agree with you. After having studied with you for many years and taken your classes and just learned about homeopathy in general, my notes, you know, having those organized and in one place that I can easily refer to them is invaluable to me. Well, and organizing our notes is not a job. It's actually total pleasure because while you're organizing them, you're learning more. Right. You're memorizing more. You can't help it, but to do it two, three, four, 20 times, organize, organize, organize. I love doing that. Mm -hmm. It's my dessert at the end of the day. Now we've just moved and I've just organized my remedies and some of my papers and I look forward to it. We have dinner, we go for a walk. Uh, we sit down in the living room and I start at it and I love it. Mm -hmm. It's total pleasure to me. Now, if it's not total pleasure to you, that's okay. It doesn't have to be that way for everyone, but that just happens to be mine. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you have young children, yeah, right. Because <laughs> it's bedtime and there's a lot of work to be done. Maybe midnight you'll get to organize. <laughs> right, right. So when my children were young, I would do it while they were playing or when they were um, sleeping or when whatever they were doing, I was doing it right alongside them so that they saw their mother doing purposeful work. 
What was she doing? She was organizing remedies. She was folding clothes. She was making meals. She was cleaning the house. She was tending to the other child. That's part of mothering is for children to see this purposeful work. And I can't think of anything more purposeful than planning for the eventuality of someone's illness. Yeah. Okay, so you talk to a lot of people every day, a lot of people over the course of a year, right? You sort of have a pulse on what these people who are hungry for healing their families naturally using homeopathy, what they're going through. So pretend you're speaking to a wide audience of them. What advice, knowing the kinds of questions, the kinds of things that they come to you with, what kind of advice do you have for them? Well, one of the questions that I see repeatedly asked is, what about my case? What about my child's case? Does homeopathy uproot eczema? Can homeopathy help my husband with GERD? Can I be helped with, and then fill in the blank. And everyone believes that their illness or the child's illness is the one exception and perhaps homeopathy can't help with. But I've yet to see where homeopathy hasn't been invaluable in just about every condition there is. Now, if someone's in an automobile accident, obviously you're going to get care from an emergency room. But that doesn't mean you don't use homeopathy too to help with the shockiness and hemorrhaging and hematomas, etc. Would you know if you could use both, that would be great. Or as a friend of mine's son just had surgery, and um, of course he had surgery, he needed surgery on his shoulder. Is homeopathy can take it so far, and then there can be a time when surgery is needed. And I love that there's surgery available to us. I think it's used too often, but it is invaluable when it's necessary. And so for the pain, he could have been given oxycodone or those kinds of drugs, and his mom is using homeopathy. Wow. Can you imagine that? I mean, this is a young man. And so we don't want a young man taking oxycodone every day for pain. We all know how serious the consequences are to something like that. I'm not saying he should never take it, but until she got the right remedy, she had to administer it a couple of times. But we want to back off as soon as possible. So is there anything else that you can think of that when people, as you're talking to people all the time, is something that generally you want to say? I would also say to most moms, or to moms in general, that this is their one opportunity. You only get one. This is it. You've got it right now. I just talked to a young woman who was pregnant the other day, and I said, this is it. You have nine months. At the end of the nine months, that baby's out of your body. What you eat, what you think, what you do every day matters. If you pray every day, that unborn baby will get that. If you watch pornography every day, that baby will get that. If you eat good quality pasture-raised eggs or just good quality eggs, and good quality cheese, that baby will get that. But the baby will also get the alcohol or the diet soda. So we have to be intentional. We need to be practically militaristic. Get up in the morning, make your bed. And I don't mean that specifically. I mean figuratively, make your bed. That means, okay, this is done. Now we finish that task. We go to the next task. You have to be intentional about your life. And... If you want to learn homeopathy and that's your intention, you'll get it. You'll do it. I know because I've done it and I'm, there's nothing different about me. So one of the things, Joette, that I hear often, as long as we're talking about what kind of advice, 
tell us what your advice would be about using a combination remedy that has maybe five to 10 ingredients in it. You know, they vary widely as to the number of ingredients along with say you are taking, you've taken one of your courses and now you're taking a few remedies for say allergies. What kind of advice would you give people about using those combination remedies in addition to say two, three, four other remedies that they're using? Well, years ago when I was classical, and I was classical for many years where I was trained that you use one remedy at a time, I would become squeamish over the thought of using a combination remedy. I may even have some old information on my blog regarding that. And actually, I, I've thought about taking it off, but then that doesn't show my, my um, growth in all of this. But through the years, I've learned through my own experiences and those of my clients and students and friends, et cetera, that they still work, even if you're using several remedies. So why not? Why would you allow someone to suffer when you can give them something that will help? Now, having said that, we don't want to go over the top either. And there is a tipping point where we can become so worried about our health or our children's health that we just throw remedies at them or ourselves. That's not prudent. So it is important to stay with those remedies that you know are correct, that you've got a good rationale and you're seeing, perhaps you're seeing results already. And then if someone gets the flu, you use a combination medicine, for example, or, you know, there's an ear infection, you use a combination ear infection medicine, and you add that in there as well. I don't have any trouble with that. So if there are five remedies in one combination and you're already taking three for a chronic condition, I think that's perfectly acceptable. Okay. So some of them have upwards of eight, nine different medicines. I know there are some. I'm not up on all of them, but the ones that Boron make and the ones that Highlands make and the pharmacies that I'm most familiar with generally have about four to five. Okay. Now, if you find the some that have 20 in them, now I would think twice. That's <laughs> too much pot shot. Now they're just throwing it up against the wall to see if it sticks. Okay. That's not, that's not tight enough. I, what I like about those pharmacies, Washington homeopathics and um, Hahnemann pharmacy and Boron, of course, and Highlands and OHM for my students and clients. What I love about Helios about them is that they know their stuff. They've been around a long time and they're not just throwing stuff together and coming up with a with a potential combo. They know what their, what their product is. They've had it out for a long time and their, their pharmacists are quite sophisticated. So I think there's two sides to this, right? I remember you talking to a group of our Gateway students and telling them to make some choices that perhaps if they're looking at taking a combination remedy for weight loss, say, right? And they're dealing with some chronic issues, well, maybe the weight loss isn't as important as the chronic issues. Well, that's a good point. And I like that you brought that up because oftentimes when you're taking a, a homeopathic schedule for chronic conditions, the weight just falls away mm. or whatever it might be, alopecia or chronic conjunctivitis. Those things will often fall to the wayside when you treat the chronic anyway. So don't address it specifically, allow it, the remedies to act most fully and see where you go with that. You might be very surprised to find out that that's resolved seemingly on its own, but it's because you were using the correct medicines for those the chronic conditions. Yeah. Don't you see that over and over in yes. talking to people? Yes. All the time. 
mm-hmm. all the time. And so what I hear is, oh my gosh, we were dealing with my arthritis, but I'm sleeping better. And not only that, but I don't have the burping anymore. And in addition to that, my, you know, my libido is back. What do you know? It's all connected. I know. Isn't that exciting when you find yep. remedies and it just helps yep. everything? Yep. Yep. The shoulder bones connected to the elbow bone. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> the thigh bones connected to the hip bone. The hip bones connected to oh, the yeah. back bone. The back bones connected to the shoulder bone. The shoulder bones connected to the neck bone. The neck bones connected to the head bone. Now hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> Dem Bones. Dem Bones. <laughs> Maybe that should be your theme song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I could leave with any words, I would say don't follow someone else's rules. Um, unless you're young, then follow your parents' rules. But by the time you're a mother or grandmother, don't follow someone else's rules. You have to find out for yourself. And I urge you to determine who it is you hold in highest esteem and follow that potentially that person for a while and then go to another person and follow. I mean, I, I follow a lot of political pundits who I hold in high regard and I listen to many of them and I try to synthesize what I think is most valuable in how it relates to my life in the life of my family and my clients and students. But I don't follow their rules. I listen to their information because they've done more research. So it forces us all to be independent thinkers. Take this on. It's your life. It's your child's life. This is where the rubber meets the road. You just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author, Joette Calabrese, shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy and nutrient-dense nutrition. Joette's podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit for your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.